of angels speaking to a father in a dream and telling him to flee to a faraway land to escape. You know the story. We all do. Because it's the story of God. As He incorporates us into His greater story, into His vision of hope and of truth and of relationship with us as He offers us forgiveness through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I don't know what you do when you think about the story that comes to you. As you read the Gospels each Christmas season, as we hear the songs of the season, as we think about what it all means. Maybe for you it's music. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's rereading the story or reading other stories that get you to think about it in a new way. I don't know what it is for you. But I invite you tonight to think about that. At our church, this past uh, Advent season, the past four Sundays, we've been looking at different people from the birth story of Jesus, especially those that have come after his birth. And so we looked at King Herod. If you look in Matthew chapter 2 and you want to read about him, he uh, was threatened when the Magi came and, and he sent the Roman soldiers to kill all of the babies under the age of two there in Bethlehem and in the surrounding town to minimize or to eliminate the risk of the newborn king that had been born. We looked at the Magi and about how they were faraway uh, travelers from a faraway land who came as Gentiles, people who were not of the Jewish faith, people who didn't read the Old Testament, the Torah, and yet they journeyed because they saw something. They saw a revelation that made them come. And there they discovered the infant Christ and they worshipped him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some believe providing, by doing that, providing the resources for Joseph to flee to the land of Egypt with the newborn Christ. And then last Sunday we talked about Simeon. If you want to look at Simeon, he's in Luke chapter 2. And Simeon's story goes that he was in the temple waiting for Mary and Joseph because God had promised him that he would see the newborn king before he died. And so Simeon went each morning to the temple and asked the Lord, is today the day? And eventually it was, and he saw Jesus, and he proclaimed who he was, and he blessed him. And so tonight I invite you to think about the shepherds, the role that they played in the birth story of Jesus Christ. The shepherds in those times were definitely insignificant in who they were and in how other people considered them. They were insignificant because of the things that they did, because of the fact that they couldn't keep the Levitic law, they couldn't keep the law that kept them pure, so they couldn't worship in the temple. They had to follow the flocks and travel with each other, and so the shepherds were not very glorious people in the time of Jesus. Which it's interesting if you think about it, because if you look in the Old Testament, the shepherds in some ways, were considered differently. As I was looking and reading this past week on the shepherds, you know, the Old Testament is filled with them. Abraham, the father of faith, was a shepherd. He had great flocks and, and uh, herds of cattle, flocks of sheep, herds of cattle, numerous camels. And in Genesis 13, verses 8 through 13, Abraham and his nephew Lot actually separated and remember they went different ways because they were shepherds and there wasn't enough forage and water for their animals and so their herdsmen were quarreling. Jacob 
One that we look to in the Old Testament as a father of the Jewish faith. In Genesis 29, verses 1 through 5 and then 15 through 30, he was a shepherd as he cared for his father-in-law Laban's sheep. If you remember with me, that story says that Jacob had to work for his father-in-law for seven years in order to marry Rachel, who was his love. Laban tricked him. He married Leah, her older sister. He worked another seven years and was able to, to marry uh, Rachel. Amos, the great prophet, was a shepherd in Amos 1.1. And then King David, the author of the Psalms, the greatest king in Israel, one that they look to and remember in the Old Testament, was a shepherd. As he cared for the flocks, likely in the same hills around Bethlehem that the shepherds who served as the first witnesses to Jesus Christ served. See, shepherds were viewed a little differently in those times as they were in the time of Christ. And so as I think about the shepherds, I think, why did God pick them first? Why did God pick the most ordinary people to take this message of hope and of life to the world that He loved? And it was because He wanted all of us to see That God's message, that His message, that the life that comes through God, through Jesus Christ, is for each of us. It's not for the kings who reside in the palaces. It's not for the officials who are in capitals. It's not for, for the people who are in anywhere. It's for everyone. Even for the people whose nights are spent under the stars, tending a small campfire, watching over their flocks to make sure that the wolves don't take their take one and so God used the shepherds to show us that even in the humblest way as his son came in the humblest birth that he could pick the humblest people to take a message and the scriptures say they received it and they went with haste because they so believed that what they had seen that what they were hearing that what they were experiencing was God in the flesh And so it's a message that you and I have received and we continue to receive it. As we ourselves proclaim it, as we share it with others. And as we bring it into our hearts and allow it to change who we are. As God seeks and works to transform each of us into the people that he wants us to be. And so tonight I have a story that I want to share with you. It's a different view of a shepherd. It's called the little shepherd girl. Um, We picked it up, or I bought it, I guess, earlier this month um, for my daughters just to read with them. And it hit, and so it's on the screens, and I'm just going to read it to get you to help you to think with me about the shepherds and God's work on that night. If God meant all the stars to shine exactly the same, then why did he make so many, Sarah asked her father. But her father didn't know. Sarah asked her mother, but she was too busy with Sarah's six younger sisters to think about such big questions. Sarah asked an easier question. Tonight, Father, may I go out into the field with the flock tonight? Sarah's father did not know the answer to that question either. Sarah was always asking questions he could not answer. He looked at Sarah's mother and they talked with their eyes. No, Sarah, he finally said. Daughters are meant for weaving and baking flat cakes. Only sons can protect the flock from a hungry wolf. That's just the way of things. But father, Sarah's voice rose, 
You have no sons to bring the sheep to pasture. And why does my nose prefer the smell of sweet clover to that of bread dough? I don't know, Sarah. I don't know. Not long after, Sarah made herself a shepherd's crook and fashioned a bag out of leather. She woke up early in the morning so she could go out into the field to practice shepherding before chores. But each morning, her father walked to the top of the big hill and called out, Time to come home, Sarah. The bread is not baked, the weaving not done. Sarah's feet made little puffs of dust as she walked home. Father, if I were a star in the night sky, I would shine on the lambs all night. Sarah's father scratched his chin. After a long pause, he said, Daughter, I will miss you when you go out into the fields. You will sleep with your cousins tonight, guarding the flock. Sarah began to leap and dance. Really, father, you mean it? Yes, child. Now come, let's go tell your mother. It was a long walk to the fields where Sarah's cousins kept the sheep, but she didn't mind. She skipped the whole way. Sarah worked hard that night. No one could deny it. Her cousins let her do most of the work. They simply could not stop her. After the sheep were bedded down, the boys sent Sarah to gather wood for the evening fire. Sarah was deep in the field when an amazing thing happened. The sky let go of its stars and they flew down to earth. Sarah saw all of this from a distance. She heard whirring and rustling wind and then singing. She saw her terrified cousins fall to the ground as the stars came to rest before them and then... She heard the stars speak. Gloria, peace on earth. Angels. Sarah couldn't believe her eyes. What were they saying? Fear not. That's good news. Today a Savior is born. Christ the Lord. Go into town and see him. Wrapped in cloth in a manger. Sarah frantically waded through the flock to join the other shepherds. But every time she took a step, a sheep blocked her path. By the time she reached the fire, angels were gone. So were her cousins. They had run off to see the Savior. In their great excitement, they'd forgotten all about her. A good shepherd would not abandon her sheep, this Sarah knew. Oh, what buying and bleeding could be heard as Sarah and all the sheep headed down the path and into town. The noise of the lambs echoed off the houses. The mules lining the streets brayed nervously as lambs ran past their legs. People peered out of windows to see what was going on. Sarah called to those she saw. Have you seen a baby in a manger? Those who heard her laughed at the silliness of her question. But most could not make out her words over the great noise of the sheep. The flock wandered from one end of town to the other, their hooves kicking dust in the air. Why hadn't her cousins waited for her? There must be a hundred mangers in town. How could she possibly find the right one? Just then the sheep rounded a bend and came to a sudden stop, a dead end. Helpless Sarah stood in the darkness. It would be too difficult to turn the sheep around by herself. Tears stung her eyes as she looked up at the brilliant night sky. It was then that Sarah noticed something, one star, brighter than the rest. It seemed so close that she could almost touch it. It hung over the stable at the far end of the street. 
Sarah called to the sheep to follow her. Some did, some did not. No matter, they were safe where they were. Sarah crept to the stable and peered inside. Through the opening, she saw a man and a woman and something else, a small form wiggling in a manger. It began to cry. The woman picked up the baby to comfort him. The man looked up, startled by a young girl at the door and the sounds of a hundred restless sheep. Yours, he asked. Yes, Sarah answered wearily, but they're stuck. Come and see the baby and then I'll help you with the sheep, said the man. Sarah was sitting on a clump of hay, holding the tiny baby's fist when her cousins arrived. How? How'd you get here before us, they asked, and and with all the sheep. I followed the sheep into town, said Sarah, but then I got lost. I saw the star. It led me here. The man chuckled. Never before has a baby seen so many animals on the day of his birth. It will be a wonder if he doesn't grow up to be a shepherd himself. Dawn broke over the hills as Sarah headed home, tired but excited from her very first night with the flock. God had done a new thing, a wonderful thing, right in Bethlehem. Sarah couldn't wait to tell her father, mother, and younger sisters. Later that evening, Sarah walked with her father out into the field. They talked about the angels and about good news. Sarah pointed to the stars. Too many to count and said, Father, see those. They all look the same, but some are different. Some have a job of flying to earth to tell about a Savior. And some, her father said tenderly, are sent by a loving father to lead a little shepherd girl home to him. Luke 2.20 says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. The story that we read tonight, the story that we share, is God coming to this earth to offer himself out of love for each of us because he wanted to. Not because he had to, but because he wanted to offer us relationship and life and love and hope and that we proclaim this night. As we share in worship, as we share in communion, And as we carry the light of Christ out into the world, may God guide us and fill us with the joy that the shepherds had. Amen.